Hello and welcome to episode 56 of North Point Plus. 56. I'm running out of significant things for numbers. <laughs> well, it occurred to me mm. that uh, you're not going to see 60. Oh, yeah. I, you're not talking about in life. You're just talking about for the podcast. <laughs> for the podcast. That's not a prophecy that uh, I'm no. not going to live to see. No. 60. No. <laughs> no. No, I will be uh, bowing out and handing off, handing off the baton before we hit 60. That, that was a more sudden transition than you were <laughs> yes. expecting, yes, wasn't we it? we talked before about Are we talking about the transition? And that was not the... So what's the deal, Mark? I get to play the interviewer now. Yeah, so we've got some big life... You hate us. <laughs> That's basically what I was going to say. It's some big life things going on, and ultimately it's just a, just a deep distaste for DeWitt <laughs> and Langsburg and St. John's. No, we uh, are have some really exciting, and I, I keep telling everyone, this is like the most realistic, bittersweet situation I've ever found myself in, uh, where we've got really exciting life things going on, where Julie and I are... Um, Going to be transitioning uh, out of North Point and out of DeWitt and over to Hudsonville, over to the west side of the state. Um, there's a church there that uh, is just doing some really cool things. God's doing some really cool things with them. And so they've uh, offered me a position there on their kind of worship tech director role thing. So I'll be messing around with technology there, um, which is exciting. And uh, Julie just announced uh, like 15 minutes ago as of recording uh, on Facebook that we're pregnant, <laughs> so there, there's life change there too. It's a good thing I didn't ask. I I didn't mention that because I didn't realize I to bring that up, was still things are already moving so fast in the podcast that I just wanted to bring it up uh, and just get it out. Good. <laughs> um, yeah. So being on the west side puts us a little closer to family. So as our family grows, we're we're closer to our family uh, on that side of the state. So all of that's really exciting. And then, like I said, it really is incredibly bittersweet because we love North Point. Um, this community has been our home. This church has been our home for the last few years. Um, and every Sunday that that transition comes closer, it gets harder and harder and harder for me. <laughs> um, and it's just, yeah, uh, you start to feel the actual weight of leaving, uh, uh, leaving a place that you love. And I was just talking with someone just the other week um, about it's a really good sign of a really good church that it's incredibly difficult to leave um, because there's amazing people here. There's amazing people that have poured into my life and into Julie's life and into Grace's life. Um, and to, to leave that, even though God's doing really cool things, there's still, that's really, really hard. So I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let you carry the <laughs> podcast. Well, so well now make it harder. <laughs> Now I'm done. That's 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 what's happening. That's what's um, happening. know that you're loved, yeah. and that uh, this this podcast really is a. Um, when I think back to our conversation about how to start it, yeah. or, or whether we'd do it or not, yeah. and whether it would work, <laughs> right. and, uh, right. wh whether anybody would watch or listen or whatever, and um, we are going to miss you desperately. <laughs> that feeling is mutual. So <laughs> you can start crying now. <laughs> Cue the tears. Cue the tears. Um, um, yeah, the good thing is you're not that far away, and no. so you can still come back. You can still come back home, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the nice thing is in the conversations I've had with people, like we're not we're not that far away. Um, so Hudsonville's an hour, hour twenty, depending on where we're at. Um, and so, like I said, we're not we're not running away from North Point. It's not like oh my gosh, we can't wait to be out of this community. Yeah. Like our we have great, great, great friends and uh, family like relationships here. So don't don't expect that 
you know, on my last Sunday, which is October 16, that like after that last service, I'm unfriending everyone from Facebook and deleting phone numbers. And like, that's not, <laughs> I'm not intending for that to happen. <laughs> um, and actually on the 17th, mm-hmm. you'll still host the podcast. That will be the plan. Or co-host it. Yes. Or whatever. And so, and so, so actually we've, we've actually reached out to some folks about the potential of, um, in some kind of interim way, having some different co-hosts and, um, having some fun with that. And so the discussion was, can we just trust Chris and Jake to do it? And even they were like, please don't. And the answer was no. Please don't make us do that. No. (laughs) Um, and so, uh, so if you're listening and you think, oh, that might be fun to try. Um, send us a vaguely worded email. So if we need to just kind of say, oh, that's a great idea, maybe not. We can do that. But no, if, if you're interested, um, uh, I think part of what makes this so fun is just being able to have conversation and talk about stuff and yeah. talk about stuff that matters and stuff that doesn't. Yep. Yeah. And if you're, th- if you're sitting there thinking like, oh, I could never host a podcast. Literally, all you do is talk. <laughs> You've got questions. Yeah, it's if you can uh, have a conversation, yeah. if you're comfortable having a conversation with Rick, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's scary to have a conversation with me. It is. So there, there is some bar that must be met. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> but That's not true. not a huge bar. So we're gonna miss you. We're yes. gonna miss Julie. We're gonna miss Grace and the yet unnamed child. Yet unnamed baby number two on the way. Due yeah. around April sometime. So. Easter baby. Said. Easter baby. That's the <laughs> Yeah. <we're hoping. laughs> yeah. Good. Good stuff. All right. Um, to business. Yeah. <laughs> to the actual business. Uh, we're in a, a new series. We're I'm still calling it new. It'll be new until we're like ten weeks in. Um, we're yeah. in experiencing God. Yes. Um, which is really, really cool. We're in week three. We just did week yeah. three. Um, kicked it off. Yeah, yeah. So we're just kicking off week three. That was on Sunday. So you'll be reading through unit three this week. You'll be talking through that on Life Group stuff. Um, what did we talk about in this message that, again, we're not trying to unpack exactly what's in unit three, but we're kind of walking alongside what's in the unit, what people are reading through? Uh, you know, we've we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks, that, um, that the process of crafting messages that don't um, speak over the top of the workbooks, yep. but but kind of come alongside it. Um, it occurred to me that I went through about three iterations of the title of this past week's message, and I may have sent you two different titles because I never really landed. But here was here was the theme in terms yep. of all of it. It really is that God loves us. That um, fundamentally. Um, how important it is to understand that God loves us, that he pursues us, that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And, um, and we, know, we, we tend to know that intellectually, yep. but we don't, we, don't, um, we don't just bask in the, that reality. We don't rest yep. in that reality. We, it's just lots easier for us to think that we've got to work to earn God's love, yep. that we've got to do the right things, not do the wrong things. And, some, and, and for a lot of people, they think, oh, God can't love me because yep. of the stuff that I've experienced in the past. Yep. And, um, and the truth is, the truth is God loves you no matter um, who you are, where you've been, what you've done. And I hope that that came through. Yep. And, and um, to, to try and get to that point, when I was working on uh, on kind of crafting the message, 
it occurred to me that our response to God's love is to love Him in return, mm. and to and to recognize that the way that we do that is this. It it includes a lot of different kinds of stuff, and oftentimes we leave out pieces, and that kind of causes our relationship with God from our end to just kind of grind to a halt. And so it brought up this whole image of a of a um, flywheel. Mm. Um, and, and it was fun to kind of craft that, to, to just basically say in a, in a relationship with people, it doesn't have to be husband and wife, but just in a, in a growing relationship, there's this uh, initial stage of, of uh, attraction that comes that's yeah. followed by, by um, anticipation. Uh, what can I do to help that, that relationship grow? Then there's this piece of of time that's spent together, and then a vulnerability that where where we kind of open up in in greater ways and um, get riskier yeah. in that, and and trust that that um, that people will still accept us and love us, um, and then ultimately the uh, a level of intimacy in that relationship that comes from both people mm. really kind of sharing um, at at a at a much much deeper level at the deepest level. To help that go, and that as those things happen, that the relationship just continues to grow and grow. Yeah. And that's I, I, the reason I went there is because I think lots of times in um, in dating relationships and marriage relationships, we drop the ball in some of those areas, yeah. and 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 it's part of what causes the relationship to um, uh, to just limp along and. Um, and that if we can give attention to all five of those areas, that um, that helps the relationship just continue to deepen and deepen and deepen. Yeah. And it's true in terms of our, our relationship with God, that there is that that flywheel, that the more we work it, the better it is. The more time we spend with Him, the more we anticipate our time with Him, the more we're attracted to Him, the more that we see Him working, yeah. the more vulnerable we are, the more, the more we repent. Um, and uh, the the more God shows us Himself, and and there's that that level of of intimate relationship that comes with Him, it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, God's love is not like a flywheel; yep. it's like a waterfall. And that and that was the second image that I really talked about that it, that God's love for us just continues to flow and flow yeah. and flow and flow. Yeah, I like that you that you brought that uh, that you distinguish between what our love is like and what God's love is like. That God's yeah. love for you did not have to build momentum. No. <laughs> that God's love, like, okay, well, I have to, like, at least lean into my attraction and vulnerability and, like, all these things. Like, no, God's love just... It just comes. Is. Yeah. It's just, that's what it is. That's what it will yeah. always be. Like, there is no difference in that. Um, and yeah, if you I, go to I that... appreciated that. If you go to that image, it's like God's love started in Lake Superior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it ends up in the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> <Right>. over Niagara. <laughs> yeah. Yes, when I I appreciated distinguishing because when you brought the flywheel, I don't know like this this certainly comes from my background where I I grew up in the church and I grew up in a very conservative church and there's an awful Christian movie called Flywheel. Oh, really? That I didn't know. No that. one should watch. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with what you're talking about. But as soon as you brought it up, I was like, oh, it's just all these like Vietnam flashbacks of watching Flywheel in wow. Sunday school. It's about a car salesman that has to learn integrity. Because Christians need integrity. <laughs> 2003 wow. movie. It'll it'll uh, it'll change your life. 
So now you know what to track down on Netflix on the recommendation of Mark Adkins. Yes, that movie will change your life, just like every book recommendation I have. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh, don't do it. Um, all right, so we got some questions um, yeah. that I want to dive into. And some of these questions are, uh, and I love that we're doing this, so please do more of this. Someone is, uh, it looks like some people are submitting questions from the reading that they're doing of experiencing yeah. where they'll like reference a specific page number and say like on page 25 this thing is like yeah let's talk through this so love that if you feel if questions pop up please submit them yeah before you get to the question let me just say this i i was talking to chris this morning yeah and heard about someone who's um who had a friend say that there the friend's not in a life group and they said hey can we do can we just go through this together oh yeah and the two friends are doing it and that's Perfect. That's that. uh, yeah. That's really, really good. So yeah, good, good, good stuff. stuff. Yeah, keep diving into all this stuff. This is good stuff, guys. Um, so we got a, a question that says on page thirty-seven of experiencing God, it says, understanding what God is about to do where you are is far more important than telling God what you want to do for Him. Blackaby mm. seems to be implying that God will always tell us what He is doing. But there seems to be many times that God doesn't tell us his plan. So I'm wondering, how can we always know what God is doing? So I want to go back to that quote. Understanding what God is about to do where you are is more important than telling God what you want to do for him. How do we unpack that when it's like, I don't know what God wants to do. So how do we how do we wrestle with that? Yeah, um, you know, I think I've said in a message, although it's been a long time ago, because because I've quoted it a number of times. I, when I was in Virginia, there was a church that um, that it had one of those images that just stuck with me forever. It, the, on their church sign out front, um, in the spring, it said, congratulations, graduates, include God in your plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and you know, everybody drives by thinks, oh, that's a that's such a nice thing to say. <laughs> um, and I would drive by and just want to scream and say, there there is no way to include God in our plans. Sure. Yeah. Our our plans don't mean anything. That you know, they don't they don't have any uh, they don't have any eternal substance to them. So it really is about God's plan, not our plan. And so we we typically try and do our thing and bring God into that, ask for his blessing. We try and work it that way, as opposed to looking for what God is doing, coming on board seeing his leading that takes us into that and hearing him hearing him speak yeah. just watching him show what that looks like and so that's uh did that answer your question yeah yeah no i think i think for me as i look at this it's, it's trying to think in my own life of i the the really silly example that i thought of is i can remember back when me and my brother were probably six and eight years old my brother's two years older than me so we were probably in that age of like five six seven eight and we desperately wanted the new lego egyptian set it came with a big pyramid and it was like 120 dollars. and i remember me and my brother getting on our knees (laughs) and praying god would you please give us the lego egyptian set (laughs) please 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 Uh, i remember begging god please give me the lego egyptian set and I think that that for me again is a very silly example of. How Did you I, get it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so someone, if you want to get a going away present for Mark, that he can hold on to for 
<laughs> Grace and yeah. the yet unborn God baby finally in, answered in five my years. prayer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thirty years later. Yeah. Well, so when I look at this question of uh, you know understanding what God is about to do where I am versus what versus telling God what I want to do for Him, I, it brings me back to that example of what's my motivation for doing this thing? Am I just Am I telling God I want to do this because I want him to bless really what I just kind of selfishly want? Right. Like, you know, God, I want the Lego set or I want the job or I want the promotion or I want the position, like status or finances, whatever it might be versus like, like you said, taking that step back and looking at what God is already doing because it's not like God is waiting to work. God yeah. is working. God's actively at work in every yeah. area of our life. So really taking a step back and looking at what God is already doing and seeing how can I best partner along with God's will. Sometimes it is the Lego set. <laughs> there, yeah. like, there are Christian Lego builders and master Lego builders that that use that as their ministry. That's great. They needed the Lego Egyptians. Right. I just wanted it because it was cool. I was a kid and yeah. it was cool. Um, but it really doesn't have any connection to what God's will is. And again, that goes back to what we talked about last week in the podcast is really just taking that taking it up that tiered list of going to the very top of what is God's what is God's will? God's will yeah. is to glorify himself by working in relationship with you. Yeah. So does that translate to your Lego set or your job or your family or whatever it might be? There's there's some way where God works that out, and it's up for us to not selfishly enter into that, but take a step back and, and have that desire to partner with God in what he's already doing. Do you, do you think that that becomes um, too passive for us to say... Mm. I'm going to wait for God to show me so I'm not going to take action. Like we feel like we're like we're not like we're not good Christians if we're not doing if, something. If we're not doing if we're not making progress in some way. Yeah, I think like I I mean I personally feel that way where it's like 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 I shared this when I spoke a few weeks ago like the hardest step of those seven steps that I shared is the waiting. Yeah. I hate waiting because it feels unproductive. It feels like my my talents that God's given me are being utilized or whatever whatever excuse or justification that we use because we feel like if I'm not doing it, how is God going to do it? <laughs> yeah. Which ultimately comes across as really arrogant <laughs> when you've yeah <laughs> yeah and and sometimes that's not just in us it's in it's in the people around us mm-hmm. to say why why aren't you taking action sure um and yeah, it sounds lame sure. it sounds lame to say well i'm waiting for god yeah um and yet god does show us um where he's working yeah and and oftentimes we miss that because we're so busy doing our own th- stuff yeah, and I think it, it, I don't know, when I look at Scripture, too, you kind of have these really cool examples where God makes people look really stupid, mm. but it just accomplishes exactly, like I think of the Israelites walking around Jericho, where God says, hey, I want you to walk around Jericho a bunch for like multiple days in a row. <laughs> and if I'm the Israelite, I'd be like, okay, God, like I really want to do something, but you want me to walk around? Yeah. Like that's how you want to take over the city? Is You just want me to walk yeah, like that looks really stupid, and, sometimes and you know God, that those guys on the wall were making fun of them. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. And so, so sometimes we're just presented with these things where God says, like, "Hey, like, I want you to look really stupid for me." Yeah, and we're like, "I really wanted to do something, but I don't want to do that." God, <laughs> like, yeah, I want to look good. <laughs> yep, that's hard. Cool. Um, so that leads kind of into the second question, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So on page forty-five, this is another question submitted yeah. earlier in the week. On page forty-five of experiencing God, I haven't memorized. <laughs> Do you want to quote it? No. <laughs> Good. Uh, it says, in Scripture, God is not often seen coming and speaking to people just for conversation's sake. 
He was always working to accomplish his purposes. So the question asks, I don't want to question God and his methods because he's God and he knows what he's doing, but how are we supposed to have a two-way relationship with God if he only speaks to us when he wants something? So is God just like, <laughs> I, I picture this, as I was reading through this question, I picture it like uh, the boss that you don't get along with, where the boss just comes up to you in the office and starts making small talk, and you know the boss is just going to ask you to work on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Is that what God is doing is, oh, hey, Rick, how are you doing? Uh, I'm going to need you to give more of your income. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I was just thinking, actually, I've asked the people I've worked with to work on the weekends forever. <laughs> um, Fair point. Yeah. You're that the, boss. Um, I, I do think it does help to clarify to say when God created Adam and Eve, the picture in the garden mm. is that they did just hang out. Yeah. That, that, that simply being present together, that's what they wanted. That's what God wanted. Yeah. To, to have that kind of relationship um, that I, I think that there I think it's a mistake to think that God only speaks when he wants us to do something mm. um, I, I, um, I I don't know who, who submitted the question but but I think it does make us take a step back and think about our perception of God, oh, who God is yeah and and what kind of relationship he wants to have with us. Um, I remember way, way back when Deb and I first started dating. Um, and one of the things that she said early on was, um, she said, you know that we're comfortable not talking. Mm-hmm. And it's not because we were making out or anything. <laughs> <laughs> that that right. when, we, when we would go on a trip or whatever, driving for lots of miles and not feeling like you had to make conversation. Yeah. Um, that there was just this sense of being in each other's presence was um, was not just okay, it was fulfilling. Mm. And that's the, that's the picture I think that's there of God, that God wants us to be in his presence, and he wants to be in our presence where we just simply appreciate him for who he is yeah. and, and that he is communicating with us, not necessarily giving us marching orders on stuff to do, but he is just showing us through his word, through nature, through whatever, how much he loves us. And, um, and, and he's communicating in that way. And that's okay. That's, that's more than enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, as as I was wrestling with this question, I think of God, there's nothing that God does that is without purpose. Right. So for God to speak to us, I, th- I think if I'm, you know, if I'm trying to look at the spirit of what Blackaby's saying is he's always working to accomplish his purposes. That's yep. true. God, there's nothing that God does that is without purpose. Creation serves a purpose for God. Um, yeah. God sending his son serves a purpose. So God speaking, interacting, developing relationship develop, has a purpose behind it. Just like, like you and Deb sitting in silence is not because you're angry at each other right the purpose in that is it's kind of exploring a part of your relationship of comfortable yeah of being comfortable together there's purpose behind that Um, and so i think you know god is not the boss that's just coming to you to make small talk and then says hey i I, you know i actually just need to ask you to do something uncomfortable um god's purpose for you is to build your relationship with him and so in that conversation it might be that hey rick there's some things in your life that I really want to work on and tweak. And sometimes you can have conversations with God where it's just like, isn't creation amazing? Like, yeah. isn't, isn't, isn't this 
the blessings that have been provided you for you, your family, your job, the the things that are around you, aren't those just amazing? Can we just sit and just talk about how amazing that like sometimes that's how my conversations with yeah. God go. And sometimes I'm the one pushing God to be like, no, I want to talk about the other yeah. stuff. I want to go to the pur- the purposeful stuff for me that feels purposeful. And God's like, no, nah, like, let's just take a walk. It's yeah, it really is just being, not not doing. And yeah. one of the things that happens in this week's unit, in unit three. Mm. Um, spoiler alert, <laughs> you, you, you're encouraged to just go be with God, to mm. take a walk and just be with God. Yeah. Um, the, uh, one of the things that I think was, I, know, I can't remember because the, now we've been in enough days, it's just hard to contextualize. Yeah. But, uh, one of the things that I was, that just really challenged my thoughts w- was our life here, our flesh and blood life yeah. that happens in time. It really is preparation for eternity. It's it is God getting us ready to be in perfect communion with Him for eternity. Yeah, and we either do that well or we don't do that well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. so I, that's why that relationship is so critical. Yeah, that's great. All right, we got some questions about yep. uh, your message. Um, so one of the one of the. I don't know what you call it. One of the one of the arrows on the flywheel. Yeah. Uh, vulnerability. One of the, one of the weights. weights. Yep. Uh, vulnerability. Yep. So how is God vulnerable with us to create a sense of that true intimacy? Because you can't. It's not just one person being vulnerable where you have true intimacy. Right. It requires vulnerability on both parties. So, Rick, if we're looking at God, this great, distant, almighty God, is there anything that we see in the Bible, anything in Scripture, where this great God was vulnerable <laughs> and came closer in relationship with us. Is there anything that ringing any bells about um, scripture or God or, or anything? The, 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 the whole concept of Jesus coming to earth, yeah. it, it, that's it. God, that God who is all sufficient, he doesn't need anything, yeah. would choose to put himself into a human body Subjected to all the stuff that we do to, you know, to bumps, bruises, cuts, yeah. um, hurt feelings, um, misunderstandings, uh, I, all, all sinned, all the garbage of sin. Yeah. Um, God made himself completely vulnerable when Jesus was uh, uh, tried and beaten and crucified. Yeah. You, you can't get more vulnerable than that. Now, having said that, let me just go back and clarify again. Sure. God's love for us is the waterfall. It's not the flywheel. Right. Um, but the intimate nature of, of, of our relationship with him is in part because God has come, become vulnerable mm. and taken on the form of, of, uh, of a human to, yeah. um, to show us who God is. Yeah, yeah. I think... I think using the example of uh, the, of Jesus is is great because I, even if you just look at um, Jesus and his disciples of doing life for years, like there's tons of vulnerability of yeah traveling around with his disciples and crowds and all this stuff and getting hungry and working together and right. going through life and hardships and being tired and exhausted and like all of the stuff that comes through that like that's just so weird that God 
wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Again, if we're talking about the God, the creator of the universe, the God that doesn't get tired, the God that doesn't need anything, the God that is totally self-sufficient um, and just c- totally content in the relationship of the Trinity. It's like, I want to enter into creation yeah. and live life with people that I love like that. I don't know how you get more vulnerable than that. Yeah. One, one of, um, one of my favorite, um, uh, one, one, one of the things that impacted me on my trip to Israel um, 10 years ago was we went to Caesarea Philippi where, where Jesus says to the disciples, who do people say I am? Yeah. Uh, lot, there's lots to tell in that story that probably won't make it into sermons sometimes. <laughs> but one of the things that was really striking to me is, and I can't think of the name of the place that's around Caesarea Philippi, but it's a it's an area where there are springs and um, running water and vegetation that is it's just cool by temperature. It's a, it's um, uh, it's like a it's not like a lush forest. But the temperature difference from there to Jerusalem is probably like twenty degrees. It's like, huh? Uh, That's cool. It, it's it's just a cool place. And when we were there, when we made the trip, the guy who was leading the trip said, "Isn't it interesting that um, that Jesus and the disciples were worn out? They'd been beaten up. They'd been attacked. That you know, the, there's been all this turmoil. Yeah. And Jesus takes them to some place where they can be refreshed." Um, uh, again, just the humanity of Jesus in that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. Last question. Um, can you differentiate Rick? Can you differentiate between praying God's will and praying God's will for my life? So this is, we've been talking about this over the last few weeks, that there's a difference between pursuing God's will and then pursuing God's will for my life. What's, what's the, how, like practically, how do we separate the two of those? And work through that. This is such a great question, and um, and um, I want to. Oh boy, it may be it may be the the questioner hasn't done the workbook, um, sure. and uh, and it may be that they have done the workbook, and it just sometimes it's hard for us to get it. Yeah. Um, God's will for our lives starts with us. If um, if you're watching in, in life group or if you're if if you're just doing it with your family and you watch the video that you've got the link for at the back of the book, yeah. the the video for um, unit two, um, he they talk they illustrate that so clearly that there's a difference between when you start with us you start in the middle you don't start at the beginning of the story, and when we talk about okay what's God's will for my life is it God's will for my life to go to a new church? Is it God's will for my life to, to um, you know, have 16 kids? Is it God's will for my life to, to invest in this way or that way? Is it God's will for my life to um, marry this person or whatever? That all starts with us. Hmm. And, and when we ask instead, what's God's will? It really is, okay, God, what do you want? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, because we, we realize when we do that, that any of those decisions can be good decisions or bad decisions. Yeah. And we can, we'll, we'll talk more in the next week about discerning God's voice in terms of, of being able to tell, okay, how, uh, you know, the steps that you take and who you listen to and, and how you filter through to determine, is that a good choice or not? Yeah. But it, that's always a secondary piece 
to recognizing what's God's will. What's what's God's will? God's God's not willing that any should perish. Um, God wants to have a relationship with us. He wants us to be on board with Him, mm. not for us to be trying to bring Him along on board to our plan. Yeah. So if I can, knowing that this will be unpacked in later weeks more, yeah. there's a part that a part of this question that I want to push. Are we saying that God doesn't have a will for my life? Are we saying that God doesn't care? Like God's main concern is just his will and the other stuff doesn't really matter? Like how do we how do we wrestle with the priority of does God care if I'm yeah, that's great. Engi- if I'm an electrical engineer or if I work at McDonald's or if I'm at Starbucks or if I'm at you know, I'm a CEO and I'm working on in New York in stocks there- and trades. There's a whole lot of theological <laughs> stuff that 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 goes into how you answer that yeah. question. I would land on a place to say, um, God doesn't need me to be a pastor mm. to accomplish His will for North Point. Mm. If I'm not here, He's going to bring somebody else into that slot to accomplish His will at North Point. Yeah. Um, and if you're not here, you're fired. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if uh, God, God is going to accomplish God's will, and he's going to use who's ever willing to do that, and it doesn't matter what our vocation is or who we're married to or what, God's going to accomplish his will. Yeah. We can't stop God's will. But in our mindset, we hear Jeremiah so much, I know the plans I have for you. Um, that uh, that that we think, oh, God lined up from the beginning of time. I'm supposed to marry this person at this point in time, have this many kids, have this job, and if I if I miss any of that, right, then I doubt on God's will for my life. Yeah, I'm I'm going this way, and God wanted me to go that way. Yep, and and it and I've just I've blown it all, and there's no hope to recover it. Yep, um, you know, if I if if I um, if I get a divorce, if I if I fall into addiction, if I do whatever, if I just turn the wrong way, and um, you know, I, I I can mess that up, and I don't think that's it's just the wrong mindset. God's will is going to be accomplished, yeah. and His will is for people to know Him and love Him and serve Him, to worship Him, to be together with Him for eternity. Yeah. And and our role in that is to be um, a part of how He carries out His will, yeah. regardless of all the details of our life. He cares about those details, but, but His will is not dependent upon yeah. those details. Yeah, that's great. And I think, uh, I mean, not that you need my approval for a great answer. <laughs> I think it's a great answer because uh, basically the reason I want to push that question is I want to I push us to wrestle with, again, this goes back to what we talked about last week, am I dead and am I living for Christ? Right. Because if I'm asking the question every day, God, what's your will for my life? I am the main concern. Right. And that's not the main concern of a Jesus follower. Right. It's not that it's not a concern for, it's not that God doesn't care, that God doesn't love you, that God doesn't have the plans that he knows he's declared for you. Yeah. But like God, that's all in God's plan. But my my trajectory is not me focused. It is all God focused. And so that's, that's the difference in asking that question of, God, what's your will in this situation? God, what's your will in general? How do we pray for that? How do we work towards that? Versus... God, do you want me to be the electrical engineer or the McDonald's yeah. worker or the stocks and trades uh, banker on Wall Street, whoever it might be? Like, it's not that those are not important things. It's that the main concern is not 
my life or my family, whatever it might be. My main concern starts at God's will and works its way down. Yeah, one more layer in that. The the reason why that's an issue is because when we start with ourselves and we experience bad stuff, we equate bad stuff mm. with the lack of God's blessing or the lack of following God's will. Yep. Um, and yep. so we say, oh, if 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 I'm facing bankruptcy or if I have this health issue or if there's conflict in my marriage or, or mm. you know, my kids don't obey me, um, <laughs> the, uh, all of those bad things, if there's you know conflict in, in other kind of relationships, all those bad things must mean that God's not in it. And, and you can't tell that to Job. Right. <laughs> um, you can't tell it to Jesus. Yeah. Um, His friends tried to tell him that. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, when we start with us, it just takes us in a, in a wrong path. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, thanks for uh, entertaining my, <laughs> my pushing the question. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Yeah, that's all the questions we have. Uh, is there anything you want to leave people with? Yeah, as we head into the yeah. We we talked a, a little bit. I, I was uh, one of the things that didn't make it into the message because I just didn't have time to to really talk about it. Was why is it that we don't feel loved by God? Because mm. um, I know I you know I talk to people all the time that say. Yeah, I know God loves me, but I don't really. Uh, yeah. I just don't. I don't either. I don't feel it, or I. I know that that's true for you, Mark, mm. but I don't know that it's true for me. And and as I as I really played with that and began to think, why is it that that happens? I think more often than not, it's because our focus again becomes on us, mm. and not on who God is. Yep. And we compare ourselves. To other people, we say, "Oh, yeah, I know everybody sins, but my sin is so much greater." How? Yeah, I understand that God loves that person, but how could God love me with this stuff that's in my past, with these choices that I've made? Yeah. Um, or I'm not as good as I, I. I don't accomplish as much for the kingdom as that as Shantara. He's a missionary in Papua New Guinea, man. Yeah. I, that, I I don't yeah. I don't hold a candle to somebody like that or somebody on staff at the church or whatever, and so I'm just not worth God's love. And it's mm-hmm. um, it's just a lie from Satan mm-hmm. that because God's love for us is complete. It, it's it's not dependent upon what we do. It's yeah. it really is on who we are. And so even in our most broken time even when our most broken time is in the past and we've never worked through it, mm. God's love for us just flows like the Niagara Falls. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's, um, it's amazing to just consider that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that I, I love that we're ending there. Cause that, I mean, that kind of like that ties into all of these questions yeah. really. And like, I, I go back to the question of, uh, you know, does God always speak with a purpose? Like, does he always have this ulterior motive to speaking? And I think bringing up that that issue that we just, I think everyone wrestles with that. And it, to some extent, I don't think any of us will ever fully extent, understand what God's love for us is truly like. Yeah. That God has always and will never stop loving you. Yeah. That's like, that's that's what his word says. 
but we, like you said, we compare, we look at other people's lives and we think like their lives are going so well. They've got the house and the picket fence and the two dollars, like the, they've got it all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and what do I have? I, you know, I'm on the verge of bankruptcy and lost my, like whatever it might be. So we compare and then, yeah, we look at our own lives and we, we just fall into that trap over and over and over again of like, God, like, I know you said it, but like, I don't even love me. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. Why would you love me? Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, and then it goes back to, again, what we just talked about. Like, is it God's will or is it God's will for my life? And so is it God's love or is it my view of what I think God's love should really be like? Yeah. Um, and I'm not, we don't get to determine what God's love is like. Right. Um, there's a great. There's great comfort in that. <laughs> yeah. That there is a great um, illustration in Unit 3, Day 2, um, where, uh, so... Stay on your workbooks. You're going to get there. Uh, where where Blackaby says that he talked to a guy, that uh, a person that that said that they had spent their entire life trying to gain their f- their father's love, hmm. that they had been rejected as a kid, yeah, and um and had spent their entire life trying to achieve and do stuff to gain their father's love, and um and the the story in uh in in day two is. That ultimately, when when they began to understand who God was, mm. they said they said to Blackbee, "I've gotten my father's love." Mm. They've never reconnected with their birth father, yeah. But they understand that God loves them and has accepted them. And so, uh, I just say that uh, again as a word to know. Sometimes, sometimes it's because we compare. Sometimes it's because of sin and stuff that's yeah. happened to us in the past. And sometimes it's because we just got dealt a horrible hand in a broken world yep. and and think we're not worth it yep. and um and we are, we are god loves us no matter what our background is yeah yeah great good stuff um that's all i got that's all i have as well so that's good <laughs> uh thank you for your time thanks oh, for submitting questions we got you one last thing we're done well one last thing um we actually have a studio audience today. Oh, yeah, we do. Studio audience, make yourself known somehow. Hey, there we go. I don't know if you can hear it. Round of Is it show? Oh, there it's there. It's there. Just wanted you to know. You can come watch the podcast anytime you want. Yep, we record on Mondays. That's right. At some time on Mondays. So <laughs> you just show up all day Monday and yeah, yeah. you'll get it sooner or later. Yeah. I'm done now. All right, now we're done. Thank you for your time. Uh, thanks for submitting questions. Again, as you have questions, as you're going through the workbook, if you've got stuff that you're like, oh, man, I'd love to wrestle with this. Yeah. Submit questions. This is great. Love doing that. Um, that's a blast. So thanks for your time. Thanks for questions. Rick, thanks for your time. Uh, and, yeah, keep the conversation going. Comment on the video. Share the video. Do all the good social media stuff. Buy Legos for Mark. Buy the Lego Egyptian set. It's probably way up in value <laughs> right now, so please don't do that. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I don't know what I would do if that happened. You know what? Maybe I'll get you as a going-away present four four Legos that form a pyramid. That make a pyramid? (laughs) Yeah. That that would make my day. That I will allow. You can do that. That's great. Good stuff. Thanks again for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week.